Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey cuties, I'm Miles Sexton, a content creator, activist, and loud and proud disruptor of the norm. On Our Private Bits, we talk about all things and people that don't get talked about enough, or at all. Trust me, as a sober, HIV-positive, non-binary person, I would know. Join me as I chat with people in my life and from around the world whose stories deserve to be heard. Maybe you'll learn something new, and you will definitely LOL. Our Private Bits is also part of the ACAST Curator Network. All right, cuties, today on Our Private Bits, Tyler and I will be going back to before we started dating and how we both experienced talking about disclosure. Want to say hi, babe? Oh, hey, everyone. (laughs) So I feel like disclosure is a really big (laughs) topic, I think, for both of us, you know, especially for myself being an HIV positive person and for you being a trans man. Now, what was it like, I guess, for you and how did you navigate disclosing who you were i guess when you were dating people oh man that's like (laughs) i feel like you have to well in my scenario i think i i I tried every possible i don't know situational navigating i guess okay makes absolutely no sense but um you know i've done everything from um, let's go on a couple of dates and then I'll tell you, cause in my head, maybe I'm like, oh, well, if you start, if you like my personality, then maybe me being a trans person won't be such a big blow to trying to put it on, uh, you know, right on dating apps right away. Mm-hmm. But I feel like nobody reads dating apps anyways. Like I feel like filling out some of that is pretty pointless. Like, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, unless you're. I feel like a lot of people look for anybody that's over six feet tall and uh, has a good job in a car and a house. Wait, already. you're not six feet tall? Surprisingly not. Yeah, <laughs> I right? got some heels for you. <laughs> right? Um, I put it on dating apps and then uh, I've also tried doing the whole like upfront, you know, uh, in our first kind of conversation being like either, either if it was on dating apps, just being like, hey, not sure if you read this, but I'm a trans man. Did you find like there was like an evolution for you? Like, I guess like, where where did you start, I guess, when it came to disclosure? And, like, I, I guess obviously where it ended was, like, you were being a bit more upfront. But did you have to sort of go on a journey to, like, get comfortable enough being able to, like, say it right away? I don't think it's just a, a journey. I think it's just trying to, like, um, or not, like, a comfortability factor. I think it was just more of a, you know, what seems to be less of a blow to everybody else. Yeah, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like... Interesting. So you were thinking more about the other person right. versus yourself. Yeah. Okay. Right? Because, like, if you, uh, if you, I mean, with your HIV status, you know, I feel like are, uh, before anything progresses, like, sexually, obviously, you disclose that. Do you disclose that before you start dating I mean, as well? I mean... Right? I, I, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. I feel like it was, like, it was it was similar for me. I think it was really hard when I became positive because like I was so afraid of being rejected and like, you know, Mm -hmm. it kind of flipped my world upside down, especially when it came to just like hooking up, you know, like I always felt like I could hook up with like, 
you know, whoever I wanted as like egotistical as that is. But like, as soon as I became HIV positive, like that totally changed. And so I I was afraid to even like disclose in the beginning. Yeah. And I think I've got the same, like the same fears, right? Because you're like, oh man, I really like this person. I want to see this uh, go through and you're like, oh, but what if they don't like that part of me? Yeah. So I think it was, uh, you know, uh, coming out as translator, well, not later in life, but like when I was, you know, 15, 16 before it was just like, you know, I was dating girls and just kind of, uh, as a quote unquote female presenting person, I never really had to like disclose anything. Right. As a trans man. Uh, and when I was dating women, it was more, I was dating straight women. Yes. So now at some point, right. Like obviously we're into each other. At what point is it comfortable to be like, oh, by the way, don't have what you're looking for in my pants, but I can yeah. always go buy bigger. So when is that conversation? <laughs> oh, you know I like what I'm that. saying? <laughs> like, when does that conversation come up? Yeah, that's true. Hey. Right? So it's like, I've tried the whole, let's go on a couple of dates and before anything happens like sexually, then I'll kind of disclose. But then again, I've wasted your time mm-hmm. by not saying something sooner because like don't you think it like hurts even more like what if you like have like really awesome dates and you have this really awesome connection with the person and then they like reject you after you're like a few dates yeah. in like doesn't isn't it almost worse at that point yeah I'd, i mean you know i tried that it it, it is what it is it just it never it never went it, it would be like you know 60 40 yeah i wouldn't care you know so would you say like it's best to like disclose up front like for yeah. trans people like I, I don't know like obviously you're speaking to your own personal yeah, experience for, like, for but... my own personal experience I, you know early in my i think we all have this like vulnerable state of like you know going through our teens and yes. not knowing where we fit right i think that carries into like our 20s mm-hmm. of not knowing where we fit and then talking about disclosure could be a lot of things right it could be sexual preferences it yes. could be sexual fantasies it could be fetishes yeah. right like there's a lot of totally. things like to disclose yeah right so i feel like it, it just travels into your 20s a little bit and then i feel like by the end of your mid 20s 30s you just don't give a shit anymore so you're like hey this is who i am you don't Mm -hmm. fucking like it totally goodbye but i think that comes from like a level of like self-love and self-understanding and confidence you know because i don't i don't think a lot of people just like you know get diagnosed with hiv and like automatically feel that way or like transition you know and i think that there's like a journey that needs to happen in order to get there but but i think like you know, I think as hard and uncomfortable as it can be, I think in the beginning, the sooner that you can be upfront right away, I think disclosing, you know, whether it's your status or like, you know, who you are, like, I I think that it saves a lot of like heartache and pain. Because I know for me, like, it took me like really two years to be like super comfortable and upfront and like accountable about my HIV status, you know, and, and I like, I will still like, never forget I remember this one time I went on like a date with a guy it went super well like we didn't really want the date to end like I I didn't want to hook up with him but I like didn't want the date to end so and like all the like the bar and the restaurant were closing so we came to go like sit on my back deck and like have like another beverage and we were like making out a bit and then like you know, in the back of my head was like, I like really need to tell this person like, you know, about my status because I just like, I don't, I don't want things to go any further and then like have to have that conversation. Totally. And I ended up telling him about my status and he looked at me like I like murdered him. And he was like, 
he literally was like, what the fuck? Like, he's like, so does that mean like I have it now? And I was like, well, no, like you but see, that's like the level of, I don't know, like immaturity at that point yeah. too, within like uh, the gay or queer community of like actually not realizing like, even though the fact that you've disclosed and, you know, are on medication and stuff to obviously, you know, make it non-transmittable. Yes. Like, I don't know, man. It's, it's their loss. My gain. Yeah. I mean, no, but it is. But it, I think that that's just it, though, that I think so many people, whether they're in the queer community or whatever community you're a part of, I think when it doesn't personally, like, affect you, you don't really, like, seek out that information. For sure it doesn't. And I think that that's what really being an ally is, I think, to other people is, like, looking for that information and learning about that mm-hmm. information before you become personally affected with it, you know, or someone enters your life that's living with it. Yeah. But at the same time too, I think like some scenarios, uh, you can't really prepare for right per se of like, of how you meet somebody just, they might've never, you know, been exposed to a trans man or somebody that has like, um, is non-binary and uses they, them pronouns. So yeah, I feel like you just need to be upfront is like I said before, it's just not, I've got to that age now where it's like, I don't, I don't want my time to be wasted. So, yeah. I f- you know, so I feel like you get come like what you're saying. You're comfortable with yourself mm-hmm. enough with enough self-love that you're just like, meh, if you don't like it, let's go on. Totally. Let's move on there. So do you have like an, like a moment though, like where you were like dating someone and, and it like, really went like left field for you like my I got- god let me where do you want to start i have so many of those yeah like what was the one that like sticks with you the most um i was dating this uh straight straight girl for a while yeah um we worked together okay never doing that again don't <laughs> shit where you eat guys no. like just don't do that anyways everything was great like we hit it off uh i thought we had a lot in common and a lot going on or whatever and obviously um i did come out fairly early to her Mm -hmm. and it didn't seem like a big deal. And I remember, um, one night we were like after hanging out or dinner or whatever, we were like talking in my place. And then like, she dead ass looked me in the face and was like, you're never going to be able to give me what I want. And I was like, what? She's like, you're never going to be able to give me a baby. And I was like, that was such a hard reality slap in the face because like, just because I biologically can't give you a child doesn't mean that like, yeah, you could exactly. never actually have totally there's so many other options that are child. out there <laughs> yeah so i don't know um that i i don't really know it's so funny because like i've been around the block you know we've uh we've talked about this a little bit before mm-hmm. and uh the journey of you know being a straight trans man to being a real gay trans man yeah um <laughs> i always found it way easier in like the gay community on like hookups, mm-hmm. like hookup apps of yeah. like, or our dating apps of just putting that I'm a trans guy out there. I feel like a lot of like, uh, older gay men just don't care. Yeah. Right. It's the younger generation. That's like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. Right. But it's okay. I'm all about the daddies. <laughs> Obviously look at me. <laughs> <laughs> hey girl. <laughs> so mad. <laughs> complete opposite Uh, legit but like i guess like for you now i mean like going back to like you know the story that i was sharing too like did you ever experience like a moment where you felt like your like personal safety was like being compromised by disclosing because like in my scenario in that situation with that guy like he got like physically violent with me like and i had to like remove him from my home and it was like you know it was scary i was like you know like 
I, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to like physically get him out of my house, you right. know, just with how he was like reacting so violently um, in that scenario. So like, I don't know, have you been there as well? Like, I've never been in a situation where it's gotten like physically violent because I've disclosed that I'm a trans mm-hmm. man. I don't think I've ever been in a, like put myself in a situation where I was um, in an intimate spot like that and then just okay. kind of uh, dropped it on somebody. Um, I think the only time that I've ever been in there and it's it has nothing to do with disclosure, just, you know, somebody hearing something on the street of, you know, me being a trans guy. And I, I remember working at a bar uh, as, a, as a busser. Okay. And I had uh, like an empty... Uh, like I was collecting empties yeah, and I had like a box on my shoulder and was putting the beer bottles up there. And, uh, this guy was like, I know exactly all about you. And like literally with my hand, like holding the box on my shoulder, like he literally like took his hand and like shoved it down my pants oh my God. to like, you know, to feel whether I had junk or not. Yeah. Right. And oh, that's so violating. needless to say, I may or may not have broke his nose <laughs> and then had to go to my manager and be like, Hey, just FYI, we need to call 911. And yes, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> it's not the brands, man. Like, who does that? But like, uh, that's, I haven't, but yeah, disclosing, let's talk about disclosure for a second of like, I'm not going to speak to everything that's going on in the States right now. Yeah. Right. But if we ever travel and I have to disclose that I'm a trans man at some point, I'm going to be put in some really difficult situations. Totally. I'm, I'm putting it dif- in a difficult situation every time that we go through, uh, especially like customs. Yeah. Right. Uh, with their machine that scans. Yes. I stopped traveling wearing like a packer, yeah. you know, putting it in my pa- because it, it registers as a foreign item. Yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. I never thought about that. That's so, so I know you're taking an x-ray scan of me. Yeah. I know that you, you know that I have no junk mm-hmm. or like a big enough bulge, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like visible, but huh. right. So like everything that's going on in the States and all these like anti-trans, anti-LGBTQ bills that are going on. Uh, it could be. Yeah, it's making it even harder. I mean, you know, I think it's a, it's a fear. I think for both of us, because even for myself, like, technically legally, I'm not supposed to be able to travel to the U.S. because I'm living with HIV. Like, they have a law that is like, if you're living what? with HIV, it's illegal to travel to the United States. What? Can you believe that? That's ridiculous. That, that still exists. You know, and, and still even for myself, like. It's something that we're tr- we're fighting so hard in Canada. You know, we've been filling out a lot of surveys for the government, but like, it's still like a criminal like manslaughter offense. If I go and have sex with someone and I don't like disclose my HIV status to mm-hmm. them, and then like let's say that it's even though it's impossible that they got HIV, like I would be charged with manslaughter hmm. in that situation. Even though there's medication now to like That's for allow people to live a very normal life, and it's like it's so frustrating because like even with myself, like, because I have an undetectable status, so it means that I can't transmit HIV to anyone else, like, regardless, even if I have sex with them and they don't get HIV, they can still charge me with a criminal offense for not disclosing my status. And, you know, it's something that we're trying to fight a lot, you know, with with CANFAR and the nonprofits that I work with that are in the HIV sector, like, we're pushing back against this and trying to create more awareness against this because it's like, it's such an archaic law that I don't so, think yeah. is relevant anymore based off of like the advance, the medical uh, advancements that have happened. Right? right. So with, with your disclosure, like outside of sexual partners, who else do you have to disclose to about your status? But that's the thing. It's like, so it's so frustrating because it puts me in these awkward situations where, you know, like the other day I shared on my Instagram stories about like having to like make a dentist appointment and it always like the dentist like always gives me so much anxiety because it's like I know that they're not like medically trained 
people that like deal with people with HIV, but like I legally have to disclose it to them because like because they're like they could be like working with blood like in my mouth, right? And it's like even though they wouldn't be able to get anything from me, it's still like so frustrating that I have to disclose my status in that situation. Right. And uh, you know, it's it, also with tattoo artists, like yeah. I have to disclose my status to these people. But like you know, these people but, aren't. But- learning about hiv uh, I don't know. they are because we, we have to legally as a I, as an ex-tattoo artist we yeah. do have to take a bloodborne pathogen to get our like a like, course a course okay, to get the license for the the shop yeah that's requ- that's a requ- requirement but do they teach about like undetectable like in that course they don't necessarily teach about undetectable status but it's more of like bloodborne pathogens and bloodborne pathogens and mm-hmm. how to um, make sure that you're safe dealing with somebody who has, you know, certain, you know, bloodborne pathogen viruses yeah. or diseases and stuff okay, like so- that. So, but I mean, every decent person that's probably working in that shop has done some research to yeah. realize, right? I mean, it's a personal question, but I've had people, I've tattooed people that have had uh, HIV before. Mm-hmm. And all I asked is if they were on medication or not. If they were on medication, my, worry level of you know if i were to make a mistake and accidentally tattoo myself while i'm mm-hmm. tattooing you uh goes down significantly yeah right totally i mean that's fair i don't know it, it still gives me so much anxiety because I, w- I, I, mean, I worry because even for me like there's been moments where like i've gone into like walk-in clinics and like they haven't known any they don't know anything about hiv which is crazy for a walk-in clinic exactly. since you have doctors. hundred percent. Like sometimes the doctors haven't even, aren't even up to date. But like all agree. I mean, first of all, dentist gives me anxiety just for a whole yeah. lot of other reasons. Let's not go there. But, um, I mean, I still have a female on my health card. Yeah. Um, because for me, I think it's important that if there was anything major to happen to me medically, let's say I got Mm -hmm. in a crazy car accident or some kind of accident, I still think it's important, uh, for them to know, because obviously, um, you know, biologically, even when it comes down to medication wise of what they need to administer for me for Mm -hmm. a life saving procedure is going to be way different than what they're going to administer somebody who's biologically male. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've kept it on. I mean, nobody sees your health card anyway. Yeah, it's true. It's not a valid idea. No, I mean, you can't, you know, it's, I feel like it's like your, you know, yeah, it's pretty personal. It's a second piece of ID. That's about it. But I mean, the disclosure for myself going to, um, hospitals or mm-hmm. to a walk-in clinic is the exact same. Nine times out of 10, I met with, uh, you stole somebody else's ID <laughs> and I'm like, I'm pretty sure the picture matches exactly what I look like. Yeah. And then I had, you know, it's a whole story from there. Yeah. Like how, like, can you walk us through like what one of those experiences oh God, was like? like, you know, I am, I will put my hands down and praise every single nurse out there for what they do. Like mm-hmm. they do so much more than I think what we realize. Totally. However, Karen, that's working the triage desk for the 16th hour. Yeah. Not so caring. Okay. <laughs> Not so caring sometimes. Cause it's always, you know, they, it's like the million and one questions. And I know you're a medical, I, I'm not sure about triage nurses. I'm going to assume that they are a nurse at, of some level. Yeah. Right. Um, I would assume that they would have had some training of, um, like sensitivity training yes. of some kind. I would hope so. Right. And it's like the million, like, this is not family feud. I don't need the hundred questions, right? Like, I just, you know, um, they'll ask me, like, why my ID is 
you know, wrong mm-hmm. or uh, whose idea is this? And it's like, if you ask the questions that you're supposed to be asking me, if, you know, um, like, is there any medications that you're currently on and give me a chance to say, yes, I'm on, you know, deletestral. Mm-hmm. They go, why are you on that? And then I specifically say, oh, I'm a trans man. And yeah. it's, it's my form of hormones. Totally. That ends all conversations. Like just you know what I mean? Like yeah. going that's such for- a like that's a way better approach to that situation versus right? like whose ID did you steal? Like, like out, right out of the gate. And it's like, well, I could give you my driver's license and then they tell me they don't match up because on every other ID I, I legally am mm-hmm. uh, am on everything else, according to the government. I've just personally chose to leave my health card the way it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that was works for you. You know, but- like I'll never forget like this one time I got a... I can't remember some kind of like crazy infection coming back from like Cuba. I mean, okay. who hasn't, you know? Yeah. And then like, <laughs> and like, the chicken. had like, oh man, I had like the worst experience with like a triage nurse at St. You know, at St. Michael's, which is like right downtown yeah. Toronto, which has a, an HIV clinic within <laughs> it. <laughs> right. And then I, it's probably one of the more acceptable, like I would assume like it's, it's not that far away from, you know, the gay village. Yeah. And stuff. Anyways, so I got like the gears from like the triage nurse. And then like after I got the gears from like my doc, like the doctor, uh, the female doctor was ha- like, that was, you know, asking me questions. See, that's so, it's so sad, but honestly, like I've been there too. Like it's like, forget where we live now of trying to go to a walk-in cl- I clinic. I won't. I literally like drive all the way. It's like an hour and a half on a good day, like downtown to see my doctor because I'm just like. I don't even deal with it. I literally also have them like mail my HIV medication to me because I don't want to have to deal with like yeah. a pharmacist that like isn't educated on it, you know? And I'm it's getting like... really good at Google self-diagnosing myself. I probably should have died about seven times by now. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I mean, it, I mean, it's true, but I mean, it's stressful situations having to disclose at any, any point, uh, whether it's like a medical condition, I feel like people out there that have medical conditions too probably go through the same thing, whether you're a younger, younger individual and have to disclose something that, you know, that, you know, it makes you uncomfortable. It's the same thing. But I think that there, I think the, the whole idea around disclosure and this, it's just like, unfortunately for us, we're dealing with things that are stigmatized, you know, it's like. there's no nurse that's going to be like, Oh, you have diabetes. Like, let me shame you for it, you know, or let me like ask inappropriate questions. That's true. You know? So I think that there, there is like this sort of like double standard to like healthcare where it's just like, unfortunately, like HIV and, you know, transitioning are both stigmatized, unfortunately, like in this society. I feel like any STD is stigmatized in that sense. I mean, yeah, I can't imagine going up to a clip, like a walk-in clinic here. Oh, I mean, in the middle of nowhere up north Ontario and uh I, I have a friend who uh went I mean they they live you know east end like Oshawa yeah. Whippy area and they went to a clinic out there that was supposed to be you know inclusive quote unquote mm-hmm. inclusive and uh they got turned away because they said that they were a gay gay man yeah and like the <laughs> clinic was like uh Whoa. no they should be reported uh, they were reported good but like, but I mean, like I've been there too. Like even when I went to get my monkeypox vaccine, I went to like a clinic that specializes in HIV, and I asked her how the vaccine would affect my medication that I'm taking, and she couldn't give me the answer. And I'm like, how are you administrating monkeypox vaccines at an HIV clinic, but you don't have that information? Yeah. Like it's, but that's just like, I don't know. It, it's and tough sometimes. It is tough. I mean, and and we're pretty lucky. Like we live in Canada. Yeah. 
with, you know, 98% free healthcare. Absolutely. Right? And a more liberal for the most part. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. You know, but province. I mean, like, neither of... I can't, I can't imagine being in the States. No. I really can't. But I think it is also, like, I, I think on that point, I'm just going to say, like, I think for both of our things that we need to take, like if we didn't have your like health coverage, it's like, it's expensive. I mean, like how much is like your, your bottle of testosterone? Um, I think Roughly. like, yeah, to, uh, like $175 yeah. or something, but yeah. That lasts like, you how long? Uh, like six months. Okay. So that's not too bad. I no, mean, no, I mean, my I, situation, it's yeah, like your over situation's... four grand for like three bottles of my medication that last a month. Which like nuts. it's, you know, that's not covered by the government. <laughs> well, I, and no, not and like, yeah. Then it's getting to the point of like, you know, somebody that doesn't have benefits. How do you afford to take your medication? 100%. I think it's a bit ridiculous. I mean, there is a alternatives out there that like, there is organizations that will help you pay for it, but it's like still like, they're like they look at me and they're like oh you make too much money but who can afford another four thousand dollars like every three months to like pay for something like that's yeah it's not that's not realistic at all but it's anyway <laughs> side rant yeah it is it's the healthcare system is so whole, frustrating we could have a whole podcast on just <laughs> that alone <laughs> that. <sighs> okay so now let's like fast forward a little bit and i want to like talk a little bit about like I guess when we first started <laughs> dating slash hooking up, <laughs> like, did Friends you know that I had HIV like before, before we started, before we started dating? Uh, yeah, I did. I okay. mean, we've been friends for so long, right? Yeah. We've, we've known each other for 12 years. And obviously like I followed you on social media totally. or knew about your life and you're very, um, even though like what, it's been only how many years since you came out about your status? how long has it been now i mean it, Five, it's almost six. yeah it's almost been six i guess like six years so like i i've i have no it's been less it's been four four, four years like me. so either way like i kind of you weren't really open about it at first and like i just kind of saw your journey through that um i did eventually like i eventually knew. yeah but how did like I mean, like, how did you, and be honest, like, how, how did you react to, like, when you found out? I didn't care. Yeah. Honestly, I really didn't care because, um, you know, prior to us hooking up and, and, uh, and dating and stuff like that, I, uh, met a lot of people that had HIV mm -hmm. before, uh, whether it be friends or whether it be just, you know, talking to people on like dating apps or, or hookup apps. Right. And that scenario just kind of 
forced me to ask questions of to who I felt comfortable asking questions. And yeah. I did have a, you know, I do have um, a couple of friends who do are, uh, you know, HIV positive. So I was kind of asking them the hard, the hard questions, mm -hmm. right. And kind of doing, and then doing my side research. So, uh, you being, uh, HIV positive didn't bother me. Um, I think you speak about the, like you can explain the U equals U. Um, yeah. So basically like, um, oh my God. <laughs> oh, put you on the spot. Means untransmittable. Why did I forget that? <laughs> put you on the spot. Wow. <laughs> but I mean, like, I will say, like, I feel like you, you were probably like one of the only people that made me feel like so comfortable, like in that situation. Like, I don't know. Cause I definitely like, even for me, I, I was really worried to be honest, like I couldn't get out of my head. Like I think someone who's living with HIV, I think you a lot of the time go through this like imposter syndrome a bit of like, it's hard to like be like, okay, like I'm taking this pill every day. I know I'm taking this pill every day. Like, but is it really working? You know, because there's no like physical results that no, I can yeah, see, you can right? See, but you go, you get your blood work done. Of course, done I get my blood work done all the time. And I know that like, I'm always undetectable, but like there's still this this fear and anxiety that I, that I get, that I live with that, you know, like, I'm like, Oh, like what if I like something happens and like all of a sudden, like I gave you HIV. Like, I, I think I still like, there's moments where I like live with that fear or, you know, even for me, like, even if I forget to take my pill one night, like my HIV status isn't going to change from undetectable. Like, you know, it would really take like a long period of time of me being off medication for it to go back, you know, but it's like, I still like live with this anxiety and fear. So I don't know why, like, for me, I don't, I don't know if I've really, like, shared this with you, but, like, I felt like when we were first, like, you know, like, dating and, like, having sex, like, I don't know why, like, in my head, I just was, like, always still thinking about, like, oh, uh, like, I, that I was, like, I don't know, like, I, there was, like, this part of me that was, like, so afraid of it, me giving it to you, and that, like, I almost didn't believe it for myself, and I don't know why, maybe it's because, like, I cared about you so much that I was, like, I, I don't want to do something that's going to, like, hurt you, or I don't know. But I, I, I just remember being so anxious about that and like... I can imagine yeah. being like uh, anxious and stuff. And I mean, obviously we were using protection yeah. up and to a point where we both felt totally like, comfortable and, and just being um, like... Well, once we like, I think started dating and like, were monogamous, like yeah, there wasn't monogamous really like... and stuff like that. And like, I asked you the hard questions too. And like, you know, we talked about, um, about prep. Yes. Right. We talked about me potentially going on prep mm -hmm. and, you know, me talking to my doctors and stuff about that, if it was needed or, or not needed in, in, in our situation. Right. Totally. Um, you know, with, unfortunately with like me being on like testosterone as well, my liver's already being put through so much yeah. that for me, the big thing was, do I need to add another something on that's going to cause so much more and damage And I was concerned to you, about right? that too. Because so, it's a lot. On it is liver. a lot, but yeah, no, back to your original question. It didn't really, didn't really phase me. Did you know, I was, I'm sure you knew I was trans before anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, not in the beginning, but I think like later in our friendship, like I learned about it, yeah. you know, and. Did it weird you out? Like, did you have any, like. I mean, it's like, it, it was a bit of like a mind fuck, I think, because you are just like so masculine, you know, that it's like, yeah. it's just like, I, it's just like one of those things that I felt like I'm like, how do I, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it because I'm like, 
you know, I, I feel like you're the most manly man I've ever met <laughs> in my entire life outside of my father. Yeah. So like, <laughs> you know, go. so it's just like, I was like, ah, what? Oh my gosh. You know? And then I was, I think there's like a, a bit of like celebration there too, of just like, this is incredible. Like that, you know, you have been able to transition, I think, into the person that you were always meant to be and be able to look the way that you look like that's of incredible. Course, right. Yeah. Um, but I also think that there's like, I think like there was still like a bit of like anxiety, I think there, because like I've never been with someone, I think like with your parts before. Right. And so like that was sort of like, I was like, I think that's just like where my fear came. And also like, I think as more of an effeminate, like presenting person, like I, I've never really like had a lot of opportunities to like, top as well so like I think that that was more of like uh like I, I think I had to like unlearn I think for myself like this idea th- yeah, like the, the that idea- I'm not like I almost was like you're not masculine enough to do that and I but I think that's bullshit like it's not about masculinity and femininity I just I find it so like interesting that like you know uh most gay guys uh that are with a trans man for mm-hmm. the first time um or queer men who are with trans men for the first time always result to like the whole like top or bottom situation like just because you know you know what i mean yeah. like just just because i've got uh, uh i've got a bonus hole not some that's nine inches long <laughs> right doesn't mean that i can't top the fuck out of you that's true <laughs> you know like i just always think it's so funny that it always just goes to the top or bottom like which bunk do you sleep in yeah i mean maybe it just like points out our uh our messed up point of views is and hookup culture you know like so but but i mean i don't know i think i think outside of that no like i i wasn't like it wasn't this like make it or break it thing for me i just wanted to be i guess i just wanted to be like worthy enough for you and and like a in a way like i i didn't want to disappoint you or i didn't want to make you uncomfortable or, or like make you feel like you had to be like the teacher for me, you know? Cause I think like from my perspective, like living with HIV, it gets a bit exhausting that like, of course I'm it gets always exhausting teaching, teaching every person everybody. in my life, you know? God, I don't like there. Internet exists. And it's no longer dial up. Totally. Also miles's research is an actual research. Like my, was just <laughs> like went on to like, okay. yeah, just went on to, uh, you can say, what, yeah, did, what did I do Tyler? Yeah. Miles's <laughs> version of research is uh porn. Pornhub, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's not sponsored. And I'm pretty uh, sure just you know, top to bottom, trans man porn to to figure out what was what. Well, Tell I, me if I'm wrong. Am no, I wrong? no. Yeah. I mean, I definitely like was like, oh, okay, yeah, like no, which, which hole do I put it let, in? Let's, like, let's I don't not know. Go to I'm... medical journals. Let's go straight to xvideos.com. Oh, well, I just wanted to make sure I was doing everything right. <laughs> I didn't want to like hurt you or something. Like, I don't know. Like. <laughs> It's like a foreign world for me down there, you know? I was like, you know, yours to discover. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna bring that up. Side story, yours to discover. We were at at a strip club recently and my buddy got picked up by a extremely drunk girl who literally whispered, I'm yours to discover. It's the Ontario license plate slogan. (laughs) We can't stop saying it now. Uh, But no, okay, but like porn wasn't my only thing i was reading a lot of books like i really like went out there and was trying to like research as much as like i could on like other trans men sharing their experience because i was reading porn 
Don't just miss what I was doing. But how did it make you feel? Like that I was doing all of these things. No, I'm just bugging. I'm just bugging. I'm just razzing you now. Like, I mean, I think you're you did more than like most people would, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that you wanted to make me not feel uncomfortable, like says something, right? Obviously, there was um, even though you'll you'll deny it in the beginning that there wasn't a spark there. I feel like you knew. You knew you wanted to like learn or whatever. And I appreciate it. Somebody that has to disclose their status on, you know, HIV status or being, you know, non-binary and queer. I mean, yeah, it gets annoying having to answer everybody's, everybody's questions. Um, all the time right totally i think it takes that pressure off the other person you know when yeah, and you it just you know learn. and i just also wanted to like make sure i was using the right language with you like i was like i don't know like what do i call everything well, you know like, like the uh, whole li- <laughs> i'm sure we'll like talk more about sex and all that but yes. like i feel like for queer individuals trans individuals i feel like not everything is the same no for it's an individual experience it's a totally individual experience what works for me might not work for the next three people Mm -hmm. what works for them might not work for me totally okay so i think that's a good segue to finish this episode off like what would be like some advice that you from your experience that you would give to like other like trans people out there in terms of when it comes to disclosure oh man that's uh that's a like <laughs> that's a big that's a big thing to say um i think any trans person out there will know their own comfortability levels of when it's okay uh if i've learned anything um i'm like a i'm like a trans elder now this is weird <laughs> you know like i'm, Hi, Daddy. I'm a trampa i'm a trans <laughs> I'm a, trampa? Yeah, I'm a trans grandpa <laughs> in the trans community i'm old now i'm gonna order you uh, a cane on amazon Perfect, thanks <laughs> so I, I feel like for like each individual trans person you know your level of like comfortability now um if there's anything that like my advice is to have the conversation early mm-hmm. um it just saves uh like what we kind of talked about earlier like disappointment and not not disappointment um necessarily on the other end but dis- more disappointment uh, saving you the disappointment of like telling somebody who you're you know you have the high hopes that this is going to work i just i feel like bringing it up early um saves your heart a little bit mm-hmm. more than the other person's because you don't deserve to be you know led on and 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 all that um but i also feel like as time goes on a lot of people are becoming more as much as there's still a lot of hate, there is a lot of people out there that will love you for you as a person and not whether you're a trans man, a trans woman, you know, specifically, you know, how you identify. I feel like more people are going along the lines of like um, your personality and your connection. Mm -hmm. I would say disclose early. um, Was there something that you did for yourself that like allowed you to feel more comfortable in, like loving who you are and being comfortable I feel with like just owning it i feel like once you get to a point of like just owning you know uh you as an individual like that's that's where your power comes from that's where you, you hold all of your power mm-hmm. right by taking that you know oh i don't want somebody to know you know out of the equation and they just want you you know you to know that um the real you just put it straight out there. There's a lot of like power being held in that card. Totally. But you're removing on, the stigma literally from that. Literally. Right? And like, you know what, uh, if you're on a dating app or Tinder or Bumble or Grinder or Scruff or spit or snort, I don't know what else is out there anymore, <laughs> but like, just put it out there because 
I mean, for, you know, the three people that might not like the fact or, you know, might not be attracted to trans men or trans women or queer individual mm. or feminine, you know, queer individual, there's going to be 12 other people that, you know, uh, uh, find you attractive for other qualities other than just being how you identify. Totally. And I think when you put it out there up front, if someone's like right off the bat, not into it, they can swipe left. It, exactly. You know, like. It's not plenty of fish anymore. You ha- you can just swipe. Yeah. Right. You don't have to send a message first. Right. And then I guess like from like a medical perspective, is there like when you are maybe having to like, I don't know, go to the doctor or like a walk-in clinic or you're like having to travel, like do you have any advice on like what people, like is there something that they, they could say in these situations? I like, don't even know if I can answer that question to yeah. be honest with you. I feel like I'm still figuring that out as I go. Fair. Right. I mean, nine times out of ten, the problems that I have crossing the borders just because I have a bald head fully tattooed and look yeah. like a drug lord. But yeah. other than that, <laughs> right? I feel like I feel like being up front, too, in those situations do yeah. work. I was in a situation where I was crossing the border uh, driving from, um, tr- like, Ontario mm-hmm. to, like, Detroit. Um, and my old passport didn't match my pronouns mm-hmm. uh, that were, was on my driver's license. Okay. But in my head is that it was expiring within like four months. So why was I going to pay for a new passport right? to then pay for a brand new passport again in four months? And, uh, they brought me in, ripped my car apart, like put me in like detaining. And I was like, you know, going through like, why am I here? Right. So I went up and, shitting my pants trying to talk to this like us you know border patrol and i just said hey like uh can you tell me why i was pulled over and they're like well unfortunately we can't you know disclose that to you and i and i just said real real nervous because i was like man if if i get the wrong person on the wrong day i'm gonna be in a situation i don't want to be in and i just said i was like listen i was like it doesn't have something to do with my passport not matching my driver's license. And he just kind of looked at me and, and uh, he said, yes. And I said, okay, can I go and get my paperwork and mm-hmm. I can show you my like legal name change and, you know, ID and stuff. And they did let me, right. And okay. I, it did get me out of a situation um, for those like that are kind of going through the, but it's good that you had those documents with you. So maybe that's I was like just a really say, great piece I was of just going to say like in the early times where you don't have all your, your IDs changed over and mm-hmm. you're traveling, bring it, bring your name change, bring, you know, your, um, birth certificate change, whatever you need. Totally. And even um, to a doctor's office and things like that too, I think would be super helpful, but it's just more of just kind of, again, disclosing like the comfortability level. Yeah. You're going to be put in some really awful situations, mm-hmm. uh, potentially. And I just, after I would probably pass on, just try to remain calm and confident. I think confidence is a, a huge thing, not cockiness. Cause cockiness is just taken out of, con- totally. of sorts, but Agreed. I don't know. I would love to know what everybody else does. Yeah. I, I would love some feedback on like how <laughs> other, you know, trans or queer, uh, individuals like tr- travel or what yeah. you, what they do for um you know backup yeah for back practices and i think on my side with hiv you know like I, I think it's similar like i think the sooner that you can disclose your status you know i think the better what made it a bit easier for me was like on the apps anyway like writing it in my profile was like a really great like first step for me to get a bit more comfortable you know with it because it it kind of like helped me avoid some of those awkward conversations that I didn't really want to have because like people would see it you know sure. and they may just they might not chat back with me or maybe they would unmatch with me did you find people actually read it I did I did to be honest that people that that people did read it um or like if they didn't bring it up I would like 
just be like, oh, I just wanted to make sure you read my profile. That's what I would do too. You know? And then they would be like, yes or no kind of thing. But, but did you ever have that like, oh, did you read my profile? And then they didn't get back to you for five or 10 minutes because that's when they went to read your profile. Yes. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> have been there in that situation too. You know, I've been like blocked so many times, but I don't know. I, I found like that is a really good a good first step because like from there I feel like I got more confident in like disclosing in person like with people I think I think putting it on like a dating profile like your dating app mm -hmm. kind of gives you that first step of confidence totally and I know that it's not like gonna be for everyone right like not everyone's gonna be able to have like who knows how you meet people right like it's cool. not always gonna be over an app but I, I do think that 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 helps you know because I think like even for ourselves, like I had, I had to like destigmatize my own self, like around HIV and like be comfortable with it, you know? And I think the more conversations and the more I talked about it with the people around me, the more confident I felt within it. Um, so I feel like, yeah. So I, I feel like take baby steps. It's not a race. Don't like, cause you know, you also don't want to put yourself in a stressful situation. That's going to be like overpowering on your mental health too. Right. And that could put you in a dark place because like, you know, I definitely have been there in, in my journey of just living with HIV. Um, and I think too, like, I think also like if there is like a great YouTube video or there's like a profile that or like a, you know, like a website that you can send people to, you know, like I love like sexfluent.ca. I would often like send people to that website if they had questions, if I didn't feel like I had the energy or like the mental, yeah, the mental energy to have those conversations. Sure. Like I would use other resources. I think the big thing too is that like, you know, I feel like anybody that has to disclose somebody, I'm going to speak to like trans individuals. Mm -hmm. I feel like, we can sniff out very quickly of who actually has a very genuine question. Yes. And they are genuinely wanting to educate themselves versus, you know, Joe Blow, who is just like, well, let me, like, let me see what's in your pants, you know? Yeah. Like, well, that's like almost fetishizing. Uh, but even still, right? Like, I, I feel like I've learned to be able to separate both. Yes. It takes a while, totally. but you can tell when somebody. I'm more apt to answer questions from somebody who's coming from a place of like genuine educational curiosity mm -hmm. versus somebody who's just being a complete idiot. Yeah. You know, and I feel like, do you feel the same way with about HIV tests? I'm sure you get the most ridiculous questions. Yeah, definitely do. <laughs> you know, so. so. Yeah, it just helps to avoid it, I think. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but. And then I guess like in terms of like medical like tips, I find like what I often will do is like email ahead of time. Like if I can, you know, if I'm especially for like the dentist or if I can, like, I mean, I don't have to deal with it as much anymore with going because I have my specialist with doctors, but like finding someone who specializes in, you mm -hmm. know, like in your field, I think can help. I mean, obviously that's not super realistic for everyone, especially people who are living in more remote communities, but or in emergency situations. Totally. For sure. But there is a lot of like situations where, you know, you could get like a phone appointment and maybe that's like a little bit easier, yeah, like a pre-appointment. Like pre totally. For yeah. you to like go through, you know, those questions and the, or those things like a little bit easier. And, and I find too, like the biggest thing that I will say, I guess, in those situations is like, you know, I'm HIV positive, but I'm undetectable. And, and then I asked that, that healthcare professional, like if they understand what undetectable means. And right. cause I think that it kind that, of puts it back on them. Exactly. Though. It puts it back on them because then it like, when you put it back on them, um, it's like, well, 
you can either tell me exactly how you feel about this situation or you're going to surprise me with how educated you are. And I think it's empowering for yourself. Totally. Like, don't don't give these medical people like the power of like them being over you or better than you or like these like authoritary people. Mm. Like, I, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I'm the expert in this. I'm going to own that. And like, I'm going to challenge them with that. And I, I look at it now as like hopefully an opportunity that I can like educate them if they are not. And that, like, maybe the next person that they experience, like, it will be a more positive, you know, situation for them. I just wanted to take a moment and thank all of you for listening to this episode of Our Private Bits. Be sure to rate and review on Spotify and look out for the next episode. (laughs) Bye, cuties! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 